Hi, and welcome to the Wards Auto Podcast. I am Senior Editor David Kiley, your host. This is the second podcast we recorded at CES 2024 in Las Vegas, where automakers and suppliers showcase their latest tech, especially around EVs, autonomous driving, hydrogen, and more. One of the things the industry is gearing up for is a likely mandate from NHTSA, that of course is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, coming to equip vehicles with tech systems to deter drunk driving. According to NHTSA, about 31% of all traffic crash fatalities in the United States involve drunk drivers. In 2021, for example, there were 13,384 people killed in these preventable crashes. In fact, on average, over the 10-year period from 2012 to 2021, about 10,850 people died every year in drunk driving crashes. And that leaves out accidents where people didn't die. About 1.5 million people per year are arrested for DUI, though not all of that is alcohol-related. So where are we with all of this? NHTSA is in what they call the Advance Notice of Proposed Rulemaking. They announced that in December, and that will help fulfill a requirement in the 2022 Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. NHTSA If the government agency mandates these systems, it could be an annual $800 million to $1.6 billion in business based on about 16 million annual new vehicle sales uh, because company officials are telling me that the systems will cost anywhere between $50 and $100 per vehicle depending on how sophisticated they are. Here's what interests me very much about all of this. So we have companies like Bosch and Magna, to name two. They have systems that combine cameras and alcohol sensors. Well, if you get into your car, a sensor detects the amount of alcohol that comes out of your breath and is in the cabin. That happens in like 10 or 15 seconds. And then a sensor will read your eyeballs, your, the pupils in your eyes. And if the system says you are impaired, it will alert you in some way, the audio alert, something on the dashboard. But then what? Nobody is suggesting yet that the car will then become immobilized. The readings of the systems will surely be recorded in the car's computer. And as this week's guest will tell us, it could well be up to states to determine what happens next. See, the OEs, if the rule gets finalized, will have fulfilled their requirement. But we could have a situation whereby, say, Rhode Island says that a positive reading results in immobilizing the vehicle and maybe even communicates with law enforcement, while Nebraska, as another example, may decide to let it ride with just an alert to the driver only. It's interesting. So joining us this week is John Nowinski. He's the product area lead for Interior Sensing Solutions for Bosch North America. And we recorded the podcast while John was demonstrating the Bosch system in their test vehicle during CES 2024. So John Nowinski from Bosch North America, he is the product area lead for interior sensing solutions. And 
We are in Las Vegas here for CES, and we're sitting in the Bosch uh, vehicle for interior sensing, emerging technology. Uh, I know this is a podcast, John, but I'm looking at this big screen inside, and it looks like there's a Halloween stick figure sort of <laughs> overlaid each of our images. Uh, this is pretty much what you do all day. Is that right? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, we have this demo vehicle. Uh, it, it's it's mocked up to show uh, the signals of what our cameras and radars are, are mm -hmm. outputting. So it looks a little crazy. Uh, there's a lot of equipment in the back. But yeah, the, the screen here, what you're seeing is showing uh, the stick figure, which is our body pose algorithm. Uh, gives a good indication if somebody's sitting in a seat or not, and how big that person is, and and what they're doing with their with their hands. So, John, I, I, here's what I want to talk about today because we've been talking a lot about some of this technology, which is relying on sensors, cameras. In the case of your test vehicle, radar, and we'll talk about where the radar comes in. But a lot of this has to do with mandates, regulations even directionally what, what Bosch thinks the regulations are going to be in Europe and in uh, North America. But it's also creating services that people want, like uh, mandates aside. Uh, there are services that, that all of the censoring is going to provide in terms of features of the car, the, the driving experience that you think they'll pay extra for, right? So it's, it's a mashup of the two. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, one thing we're, we're always talking about is uh, we offer safety, security and comfort functions. And we think uh, that the reason why the cameras and the radars may are, are there may be due to mandates or safety uh, regulation type uh, topics. But we think there's a lot of value in, in what um, capabilities these sensors have to even bring benefits to the end user, perceivable benefits to the end user. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about leveraging uh, the cloud and 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 doing compute in the cloud based on some of the information uh, that's being detected by the sensors in the vehicle. How is the person feeling? What are they looking at? These kinds of things. And and we think if if uh, we can bring these kinds of benefits to the end user, uh, in the end, the OEMs will sell more cars and they they want to install more of these sensors. So let's talk about some of the mandates that we're dealing with. So. One is that we're talking about is occupancy detection. Talk to me, uh, talk to the audience really about the Bosch system that we have in this car for occupant detection and why it works the way it works. Sure. Yeah. So occupancy is is already there are already uh, regulations today with FMVSS 208 that dictate you know uh, seat belts and airbags and things mm -hmm. like this. There are already sensors in the seats today that can detect you know the presence of, of a person, how uh, you know how much they weigh, and, and whether the seatbelt's fastened or not. Uh, what what the camera and the radar can do uh, to that is either augment or even potentially replace those because with the camera and the radar you can imagine that you can you really can see the person it's not a it's not an object that's maybe setting off a false alert it's an actually a person so you can eliminate these kind of false alerts um, you may also be able to see better the 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 size and the in the positioning of the person how they're sitting in the seat and with that kind of information you might decide to deploy the airbag in a different way than you would with just having the limitation with the seat sensors. And the sensors, the algorithms, the software is all making those determinations. I mean, based on however it reads, like I'm a bigger guy than you are. And so 
with the sensors in, in the case of an accident, airbag deployment, things like that, it could absorb the information about our relative size from one another and exactly. make those things go off and react differently based on that information. Exactly, yeah. With with the camera, you really see the position of the person. Mm-hmm. You can see the size of the person. Also with radar, you can see you can see approximate size of, of people and breathing rates and different things that really would allow you to better classify that person than what you could do with just a, uh, a seat-mounted sensor. Okay, so one of the things that uh, I found very interesting, so this... This system has radar involved, and that is specifically to detect whether or not there's a a child, a small child or even a baby that's in the car that's being left behind. Personally, as a father and as a human being, I cannot imagine this scenario (laughs) where I would forget that. But here we are. There's, There's X number of of incidents where this happens uh, every year. And so we're trying to do our best through technology to eliminate people's inexplicable behavior. But tell me why we need radar for that instead of just the cameras. Totally agree. There's over 30 child heat stroke deaths a year in the U.S. And and, and not all cases are due to negligence by the by the by the parent. Uh, Sometimes a child can enter the car without the knowledge of the of the parent or it could be the babysitter or somebody like this. You never you never really know, Um, not to mention even the cases where the parent did it, uh, you know, had you asked them that question and, and, and observed their behavior, they would have never also had the, said the same thing, but yet it does happen. So the reason why the, the, the radar is an effective uh, device for this is the radar can doesn't require a line of sight to see the, the baby. So if the baby is in the footwell or child is in the footwell or somehow otherwise obstructed view from the, you know, if you had a camera, uh, the radar can detect this. The, the, the baby could be behind the rear seats even, and you can detect the presence of breaths and movement. You can imagine a baby in a, in a car seat with a blanket over it. The camera can't see through the blanket, but the radar can. So that's the reason why the, the, the radar tech, tech technology is effective. And it's frankly, it's also a very cost-effective technology uh, to have in the vehicle. And will this system also detect uh, dogs? Yes, it, it could. Yes, exactly. I mean, right now we're detecting basically life presence based on a breathing rate. We're categorizing uh, whether it's an adult or a child based on, on that breathing rate. Mm-hmm. And if there were a, a pet that was breathing at a similar rate as a child, it could be possibly also detected uh, as, as a child. But um, but yeah, it could be used to as, for pet owners as well to detect if they uh, in, in inadvertently left a, a pet behind in the vehicle. Let's talk about some mandates, some things that are being discussed by uh, NHTSA, for example, or IHS or in Europe. So one is um, that we want to have systems that detect whether a person is impaired with alcohol. And I know we did have an earlier chat about this. It feels like it's focused on alcohol because we don't really have a system. And But you, I'd like you to address this. I mean, in many, many states, uh, marijuana and edibles and things like that are perfectly legal. And they certainly cause a certain amount of impairment that you don't want behind the wheel. Talk to me about where we're going with these mandates and regulations and how 
Bosch system is planning and meeting the, the need of these systems. Yeah, so I, I think um, alcohol-related driving deaths is something that's just plagued our country for, for many years. And, and this is just uh, because of the high numbers. It's it's received all of the attention um, over time. I think NHTSA and, and other regulatory bodies are, are very um, concerned about what's happening also with other, other drugs, marijuana, other drugs, and, and how they may impact you know, these kinds of deaths. But I think from a pure, from a numbers and the data standpoint, the numbers around intoxicated driving are very well known. They're very high. And, and so NHTSA is really um, tasked with trying to uh, uh, legislate a system that would, would have some improvement there. I mean, ideally eliminate it. But I know they have their eyes on other other uh, drugs and other impairment type, you know, even even distraction and, and drowsiness as a, as an impairment. They're they're looking at all of these. Um, they are tasked by Congress from the um, from the Infrastructure and Jobs Act to do something regarding really specifically alcohol. Um, what what Bosch is doing. So we, we we're trying to leverage the existing camera that we have for driver monitoring. And looking at the eye and, 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 and eye behavior um, and, and characteristics to to determine if somebody has uh, had too much alcohol or not. We, we can do this looking at some of the behaviors of the eye and how fast they move, how long they're looking at something, and you and make then a classification um, if, if if they've had uh, some alcohol or if they're over the limit. So this is this is one of the technologies that that, that we're looking at. We think it's very promising because we're using existing hardware basically existing software, but just adding additional algorithm to make that classification. Um, but it's a, it's a very challenging uh, topic right now. So you posed a really interesting question in the presentation we, we had on this, which is that, okay, let's say you have this information, you've got all the censoring and you've determined through cameras, through haptic responses in the wheel or, or, or cameras and sensors, that this person is very likely intoxicated or impaired. Okay, what do you do with that information? Uh, you know, which is like, there's almost, I think, a tendency, okay, well, if the car senses that the person is intoxicated, surely it will stop the car from being, the, en the engine or the battery turned over and allowing the person to drive. Well, not so fast. That, that's not necessarily where we're going with this. It's really right now, am I right, that the sensors would give prompts and warnings and alerts to the driver to try to convince them not to drive in that condition. But that's as far as it may go, right? Yeah, it's it's a great question and a really challenging problem um, and, and one that also NHTSA is very well aware of and, and trying to seek the public's input on this, and including Bosch. We, we, um, the problem of detection is one problem, right? Being able to detect reliably is, is, its, is its own challenge uh, to be able to do that across the full population and with an um, unintrusive sensor. Uh, we think the camera is very promising in that, but being able to do it fast enough to do to do the do the right thing. Ideally, the ideal scenario is you stop the car from from driving at all. But as you mentioned or alluded to, it's not that maybe not always the case. We may need some kind of bypass scenario. There may be other unsafe situations where driving intoxicated is maybe the better uh, scenario versus you know preventing somebody from fleeing a more dangerous situation. Right. I mean, the the scenario. I mean, you're speaking about it generally, but I suppose for the benefit of our listeners. The, the situation one could imagine a person 
who is maybe at hovering around the the legal limit on alcohol or maybe even has gone beyond it, but they've left an establishment, they're headed for their car, and somebody has followed them yeah. to, to their car. It happens all the time. It's a yeah. time-tested uh, you know, scheme for, for carjacking or yeah. mugging somebody. Yeah. And if the person uh, is immediately detected as being intoxicated and the car won't start, that's a problem. I mean, yeah. yeah so, yeah. and one can only imagine the field day of lawsuits. That, <laughs> yeah, that, it's that a would very, happen. very so challenging. Uh, it it is very, sure. very challenging. So, so tell me how, and all of this info. One of the things I, I, uh, I think is interesting is you get all of this discussion about applications for sensors and cameras and radar, et cetera. But, all of that doesn't have to add up to, you know, uh, a suite of technology for fully autonomous driving. That's what a lot of the conversation focuses on. I think it's much more interesting to look at the uh, incrementally how much more sophisticated, how much more safer you can incrementally get to by adding these technologies without going to fully automated driving, which has its own social and political problems all by (laughs) itself. So, um, but now let's segue here for a second and talk about uh, comfort and, and features of convenience and uh, a better driving ownership experience through sensors, cameras, and radar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the scenarios, right, is you're driving and uh, maybe you're starting to think about a hotel or, or motel, right? So you tell the voice assistant uh, in your car, uh, find me the nearest Marriott branded hotel, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't have to take my hands off the wheel. It knows where all these places are. And I suppose I could tell a voice assistant to give me the best rate and and the ones that have occupancy right and i'll get that information and then i can say connect me while i'm still driving and just make make the res so while i'm while i'm driving but what are some of the things i sometimes wonder if automakers and suppliers like bosch overestimate the things that we want to do in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But talk about what some of the things are, where we're like cars that are coming out in, in 24, 25, 26, what are, what's one or two features that's right around the corner that, you know, will be a gee whiz feature that to, to improve our, our driving and ownership experience. Yeah, I, I think the ones that are really right on the cusp are are, are starting with uh, uh, driver identification, which which would allow then the vehicle to automatically adapt the settings of the vehicle to that individual driver. Today, you have on your seat maybe a number is one, two, three for different drivers, and you can hit the button, and then the, the the seat may move, maybe the mirrors move, things like that. Um, this could be easily automated just by having a, the, using the facial recognition from, mm. from the camera. So I think this is something that. Um, um, 
we'll see very very soon in 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 the future in, in many more cars i think there's even some cars today that that have this um available so that that's a technology that i think is 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 really uh right around the corner the the other one would be as we expand the field of view of the camera and looking at the full full cabin um there are there are there are features that drivers may want to do while they're charging at the charging station, like handle a conference call or something mm-hmm. like this, and use leverage the camera from the vehicle to 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 be uh, to be their webcam uh, during that. I think this is also something that we'll see uh, more and more in in vehicles right around the corner. Um, I think I've saw from one OEM even the possibility to do like a like a like a selfie, uh, a, a snap from from the from the camera. These are more the you know, uh, non, non-safety focused features, but trying to bring some value uh, uh, to the end user for, you know, these these sensors that are there, they can do other things than, than um, just give warnings and things like that. See, on, on first blush, I think, why do I want to take a selfie while, while I'm in the car driving versus <laughs> like with my camera and I just hold it up for, you know, for a selfie with my kid? Like, I don't know, but I'm sure if the capability is there, we'll start seeing Facebook littered with, <laughs> selfies from people in moving cars yeah. because they can. Yeah. Well, and and but first they'll take a picture of the lunch that they're eating, and then that'll <laughs> right. that'll post first. Post that, yeah. But um, uh, no, I'm and and what with all of this connectivity, with all of this data ricocheting between the vehicle and the cloud and the OEM and the. Obviously, we're never very far away from issues about privacy, what happens to all this data, et cetera. Is that something that you're all, that Bosch sort of plays an active role in sort of advocating, discussing, and 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 advising the OE customers on? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the data privacy uh, regulations and, and, and requirements, um, as well as cybersecurity requirements, I mean, these are uh, now very well ingrained into, the, into our, our OEM and in the, in the tier uh, suppliers' um, minds. And, and the design of the vehicles are, are taking into account um, these, these kinds of requirements. So I think uh, we, you know, when we when we're using cameras inside the vehicle and, and, and having, um, uh, you know, that, that view has uh, of the person, we have to be really careful and we have to not, uh, um, we have to uh, design the system in a way that it's robust against any kind of cybersecurity attack. And we also have to not uh, abuse the trust that we're given by the, by the customers who, um, who buy the systems and, and, and ensure that we're not uh, uh, violating their privacy uh, by mm-hmm. using those uh, that data in a way that that isn't uh, what they signed up for. I know there's an awful lot of people out there who, no matter what you tell them, <laughs> and and I'm not saying they're wrong not to be, uh, you know, dubious or skeptical about yeah. what they're being told. Um, and you know, heaven knows there's a lot of chatter in the country today about the deep state, whatever that is. <laughs> and um, so so it's, it's a bit fraught. But here's the thing I think about, which is that it takes a really long time for all of this kind of technology to roll into the volume yeah. segments. Yeah. So yes, we have vehicle uh, occupancy detection. That's one thing. And that's going to roll in as fast as... Uh, Tire monitors did, I yeah, think. That's yeah. and 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 backup cameras. Yeah. But some of this other stuff, 
I think it's going to take a long time for new cars to be equipped with it in, in real numbers yeah. so that, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to buy cars still for some time. And people, of course, drive the ones they already own. If they want to avoid all this technology right. or until they die out <laughs> and their kids take over yeah. and their kids don't care. They're just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got one more question, which is that this test vehicle, this Bosch test vehicle, do you know how many cameras and sensors are in this vehicle? So uh, speaking strictly about our interior, we mm-hmm. we are using, uh, we have two cameras in here, but we're really only using one at a time. Okay. Uh, we're just showing two different installation options and uh, one focused on the driver, one focused mm-hmm. on the full camera. We can do everything with one, ca- with one camera, which is okay. what we're showing here. Um, and then we have a single uh, radar sensor mounted in this vehicle that we're showing the child presence and mm-hmm. other uh, features that you can do with radar occupancy related and um, intrusion related. Okay, so if we were going to be talking about automated driving steps in this car, we'd probably be into a few dozen different oh, sure, cameras yeah. and sensors. Yeah, I, I, I'm mainly focused on the, what's going on inside the car. But if we look at the outside of the car, for sure, we have a lot of, I mean, the the amount of cameras in a standard car today that are looking outside of the vehicle is, is quite high with the surround view systems, and yeah, the forward looking yeah. camera, the backup cameras, um, sometimes the rear view mirror replacement cameras. There are a lot of cameras uh, uh, in, in the vehicles, uh, high content vehicles today. And then, of course, radars. You have radars at almost every corner, plus the forward looking uh, yeah. long distance radar. So um, this and, and and let's say slowly uh, but surely increasing even as, as we try to get the full scene around the vehicle as well okay. from outside. Again, uh, John Nowinski, thank you very much for your time. And uh, it's uh, quite a look into the, into the near future, I think. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having me. Well, thank you to John Nowinski for joining us. If you would like to subscribe to the Wards Auto Podcast, which I hope you do, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so forth. Or you can look for the story that supports each episode on wardsauto.com, and we provide a link to listen right off of our website. I'm your host, David Kiley. Graham Mitchell is our chief engineer. Until next time, enjoy the ride.